Hello and welcome to episode 55 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and this is GameSpot's official video game podcast. Joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Mikolash's Big Helmet, a.k.a. Tamor. Hello, it's massive. And GameRanks' Jake Baldino. Hi, guys. Hey. How you doing, Jake? I'm living. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Big same. (laughs) For a while now, I've been thinking of like putting together a podcast with as many Jakes in the industry as I can. You could do it. (laughs) That would be really good. It'd be me, you, Jake, and then... uh, Kulkowski? Oh, yeah, Jake Kulkowski. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kulkowski. yeah. yeah I okay. Did, did I pronounce it right? Because I was worried I You did. Okay, yeah. cool. That's what I was worried about. Anyway, uh, more than Jake. You need one more Jake. Uh, yeah. Jacob McCourt from our community. Wholesome there we Jacob. Go. There it is. There you go. There you go. <laughs> wholesome Jacob's wholesome brother joined our Discord today. Oh, yeah. I know that saw. email. That's Shout out cool. to the, the wholesome family, I guess. <laughs> anyway, we start this show off with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. Jake, tell us a little bit about yourself. Whoa, we're just going to hey, roll right yeah, on in yeah, without yeah. the jingle? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like oh yeah, we got to do the song. I don't, I don't explain it anymore because I feel like our audience is so tired it's of it very, every time. It's a very elaborate a cappella number that just takes a few <laughs> minutes and it sets up the, the bit perfectly. All right, Lucy, are you ready? <clears throat> yeah. Chris. There you go. That was haunting. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> you like slowed it down a little bit, Tamor. I don't know yeah. if I like that. Yeah, I, I, like, I didn't know where to come I in on that I wanted to mix one. it up. It's, I, wanted to, I wanted a special version for Jake, right? You know. I appreciate a remix. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jake, so the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, I said I wasn't going to explain it, but here we go. I'll explain it. It's basically an opportunity for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. The story behind it was that episode two or three, whatever someone emailed in from Dayton, Ohio, his name is Chris, obviously. And it was, Hey, great show and stuff, but I don't know anything about you. turns out we had forgotten to introduce ourselves and talk about like what kind of games we play. So that's the gist of it. <laughs> I, I listened to the podcast enough to know what it was, but I wanted you to explain it to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair. I, <laughs> for context, for, oh, for maybe new listeners. Hey, I don't know. I'm thinking like a producer. I get it. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I'm not too good at talking about myself, but uh, my name is Jake. Not to sound like the opening first page of an Animorphs book, but <laughs> that's a reference nobody's going to get. Uh, All 90s am, kids here, you're fine. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I get it. We're, in, we're in good company. <laughs> I uh, am the lead producer for Game Ranks, uh, the YouTube channel. I have a lot of fun over there. Uh, I've been a YouTuber doing the YouTube thing for almost 10 years now. And uh, I got into it because I love video games and they're like the only thing in my life that has been constant, the only thing that's been consistent. And like when you got stuck with that whole thing, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Or where do you want to go? What do you like? And it was like, well, video games were always there. That was the one thing I never like, you know, fell from, never lost interest in. So that's why I'm here now. And uh, in terms of like what I play, uh, just Metal Gear Solid. It's about it. Um, <laughs> uh, hey. no, right. Okay, good. We're, yeah, I know we're in the crew. This is yeah, good. boy. Uh, I'm very much single player narrative uh, type of stuff. I like to get lost and stuff. Also super into VR. I try to advocate for VR when I can. 
even though in, in as you guys know in media sometimes it's hard to put out vr games it's like some of the audience just doesn't care but i play them all i i enjoy vr a lot so that, that's that's kind of what i'm currently currently about i guess like i said i'm not very good at talking about myself but is that okay that was great that was great so so i gotta ask you're very into vr is half-life alex your favorite game of the year so far it's yeah oh my god it's like at least in the top three i can't remember the other two but the fact that i can always remember half-life alex it's that good like top to bottom it is a good vr game it's one of the better vr games but also like i felt like it totally fulfilled that valve expectation that half-life expectation so that's yeah thank you for bringing that up i haven't actually gone on record about that game too much so it's a for a while there i mean i think i still am the only one like of the the core cast of this podcast who's played it because tamor lucy and callie get sick when they play vr games uh so i i've been like championing this game for i don't know since march or whenever it came out probably a little after march but you know it's it, it's tough to play like for many many reasons but it's so worth it it's so yeah, worth, well five hundred dollars six hundred dollars yeah. how much the index is may not be worth it but like if you plan on getting vr definitely get alex because it is so worth it it's the killer app right like I, I mean i feel like that's what valve was hoping it would be like it would be their, their killer app for vr i still think it falls in that like issue where some people just can't play it or some people can't access it in terms of accessibility or even affordability so it, it has the hurdles but i think in terms of the game itself fulfilling that like killer app thing i think it totally god mm. it's so good yeah between not being able to play for long periods of time because it makes me sick and also just the the madness of the devices that you need and things you need to play it i i am not sure that i'll get to play that game this year which is upsetting I keep it's, saying it. I just, I, it's weird because we're currently in a time living through a time where we both have, what well, we both, where we all have so much spare time. Uh, like I don't have a commute anymore, so I could use all that save time. And like Greg has an index. I could set it up in my room. I have the space for it, but I just, I'm so wary about getting sick because God, what was making me sick the other day? Last of Us part two made me sick, which is a oh, new one. Wow. Never had motion sickness from a third person game before. Mm. I was so like, oh, I'm, good. Is it is it mutating now, my motion sickness? Yes, that happens. Yeah. I've learned yeah. that now I am, and this is like crazy for me to say, but like playing a first person shooter at a at a desk with a keyboard and mouse, mm-hmm. certain times it can it can mess me up. And it it gave me this like moment of being like, what's happening to me? Yeah. What am I? Yeah. I had that with Doom Eternal. <laughs> yeah, Doom. I, I messed with the FOV sliders and that kind of stuff. Um, and this was on Xbox. So, um, like, but that was a game that I played on console and on PC and had no problems with. And I was like, oh, I guess there's something happening with it. The worst part of it is like, you can't even dip your toe in to see if it if it's going to kind of like, if you're going to feel sick or not. Because if you do feel sick, that's you done for the day. Like, you're, you're, mm. it is for me anyway. It'll knock like, out I, for a while. Yeah, like if I try it and be like, yeah, this is making me sick. It's not like I can quickly back out and recover from it. It's like, no, you're lying down for at least seven hours now. Um, yeah, it's, that sucks. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely a challenge. I think Valve gave a lot of options in terms of how to tweak it. 
in terms of feel, but again, you're experimenting with feel and you're playing with sliders and settings, but in between every adjustment, you get sick. So it's like kind of, it's, it's, it's tricky. Anyway, we should move on to what we've been playing. Lucy, do you want to start this off? Yeah, I've been playing Yakuza 0 and I'm very, very into it. So I took Friday off um i not just to play the yakuza i had to run an errand and it was like an annoying errand and i didn't want to have to work around it so i just took the day off and i just played yakuza for most of friday and saturday and first of all i'm obsessed with real estate and now i get to i like literally just last night i got the cabaret club and the moment where they're like you can dress up the girls and you can change what they look like and i was like Oh no! This is like The Sims all over again. Yeah, it, it, it blows perfect it, roster. It blows my mind that they haven't spun out those mini game style things into their own thing. Like I want the Yakuza Cabaret Club management sim more than anything. They're so good. Even the the karaoke game, they should just like <gasps> license that out it's to so other fun. games because that mini game is so like perfect. No, I'm truly really enjoying it. I love how I'm. I'm so into the storylines, like both the storylines. I'm obsessed with Majima. Um, obviously, I tweeted out his um, his introduction video, mm-hmm. which is like a solid 15-minute long cutscene, which sometimes that game just drops in there for you. And it's maybe the best character introduction scene I've ever seen. Like, not just in a video game, I think in a movie, TV show, anything too. You just understand who he is, or at least yep. you understand who he is in Yakuza 0. Um, I and I haven't played any of the Yakuza's, but I understand he gets a bit more wacky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. So you kind of understand him, and it's, it's such a perfect introduction. I became immediately obsessed. But also, my favorite thing is like how serious both Majima and Kiryu's main quests are, and then you get like, um, the girl who's selling her used underwear on the street <laughs> stuff. Then that you get is, the that is just the start of it. I I have found the lechy guy who's just in his underwear who who dances and he's trying to find libido man. Libido man, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like party boy. Yeah. Found him. Um what are some other ones? Oh, my favorite one was helping a guy who was one of those, you know, people who stand on the street and pretend to be a statue. I had to help him. I had to help him go to the bathroom because he didn't want to move in front of a child and the child to lose their sense of childhood wonder. So I had to. I was just dancing in the background and trying to distract people as he was going to the bathroom. But yeah, I'm super, super into Yakuza right now. Have you? I think it's later. Have you found the uh, the movie director quest yet? No. Okay. Oh, wait, no, no. I found a TV show where I had to be a producer. Yeah, yes, that one's yes. good. Keep, yes. keep following that. Yeah. Keep following that. <laughs> that is one of my favorite quests in the entire series. But um, Well, doing that quest was like, you have to pretend to be a producer. And they were throwing all these producer terms at me. And I was like, ah, getting a bit rusty here. We don't use any of these. Like best boy and <laughs> gaffer. Yeah. Um, but no, it's fantastic. And... Yeah, Zero's on Game Pass, I think, but I got it yeah. on PS Plus years ago and finally yeah. playing through it, and it's wonderful. 
I feel like you had talked about it last week. Uh, I did on, on the show. Did you get to the part where you like smash a dude's face with an ashtray? That's like the best part. It's like um, when you're locked. I, it's like pretty early on when you're chasing a dude. I forgot who it was because there's so many characters, yeah. but you're, you're running through a yes. whole building and then you get locked in a room. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was that was the first bit where the combat first clicked for me. Right. And like throwing throwing that ashtray in that dude's face over and over and over again because he keeps chasing you. You think you've knocked him out and he finds you at like a doorway or in a different room. Yep. And it's just me with a ashtray just ready to throw in his face. It's so good. And also it's like... So Picking up just stuff from the floor and smacking people in the face with it will just never get old. Also, break dancing and kicking people in the face is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. Like, because perfect. the brawler stuff is so good. Like, all the mini games, all the fun, all the culture, the line between serious mm-hmm. and not serious is great. But the the actual, like, raw brawler gameplay, mm-hmm. like, appeals to me because, like, I like, like, Streets of Rage and stuff. And it's just, like, mindless, awesome punching it's just so good good. that is i agree with that up until you get to the bosses and then like it gets weird it shifts the bosses i feel like are the weakest part the boss combat the actual combat in the boss fights uh, is probably where it all kind of falls apart for me because it starts to do weird things like like your your attacks start to get broken in a way that doesn't happen anywhere else outside of those scenarios and you really notice the lack of feedback that you get like when you fight a boss they kind of just take it and you're not sure if you're even doing any damage and then they're like blocking and counter patterns are really erratic in a way that you can't really find find like a good rhythm to it and i always Mm -hmm. felt like the combat is at its worst during those boss encounters which is a shame because the encounters themselves are always amazing but like I think the street brawl stuff is some of the best combat in it is exactly Streets of Rage. But then the actual boss combat it's like it wears thin for me very quickly. I, I think it was even it was right in zero. Like the one of the first first or second boss, it was kind of like a wake up call where it's it's like all your tricks don't work when yeah. you're in a room with a one on one dude. Yeah. Well I that's think the it, one that I was talking about last week where I didn't know there was a block button. Yeah, that's and that's key, so yeah. yeah, and like fighting against that first guy that first boss encounter and i was like (gasps) and then yeah you kind of you kind of adapt but it's so i don't know rare that you get a big boss fight like that or at least in my experience because i'm spending time doing literally everything else that i feel like i'm quite overpowered who the hell is the clown who's just giving me stuff bob But like, don't, why? Don't worry did, about Bob. No, but like, <laughs> why did he give me a plate worth a hundred? Worth like, no, no, it was worth like a hundred million yen or something. That's what Bob does. He looks after people. He's a clown, and he looks after people. So like, he's 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 the CP guy in, yeah. in most of these games. So like, the you know what the CP stuff is, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm doing I'm doing all that. Like, I'm getting extra money i'm getting nuva rich guys are spawning all that stuff yeah. yeah yeah so he's mainly for that but i don't know if they actually explain his backstory but he's as far as i know he's always just been there in all these games all right um but yeah just don't don't question him he's just a okay. have you have you met mr shakedown yet oh yeah he yeah. Beat, yeah he beat the shit out of me one time and now i just avoid him but no i looked at the trophy list and i saw that there is a trophy for beating mr shakedown once so I think once I've got my cabaret club, you know, raking in money, once I've got my real estate 
uh, I and I've you know invested a bit more in health and defense and some new attacks. I think it, I think it should be okay. Yeah. But also, I'm avoiding him. Jake, so it sounds like you've played a good amount of Yakuza. Have you played through the series or not the entire series? Uh, Zero and Kiwami, and I started the second game. Uh, I'm in love with them. I also did a. I had to do like a first impressions type type video for um, six, the the last one in Kiryu Saga, uh, and I'm in love with them. And I'm I'm also curious to see like now that they're all getting Xbox support and with seven becoming an Xbox thing. Like mm. I feel like they might be good X cloud games, a good argument for that because they take so much time and there's so much mm-hmm. reading and, and chewing through everything and story and dialogue that I think it might be a good game for people who have streaming capabilities to just yeah. kind of knock them out. Kind of like how persona, a lot of people like throw persona on their Vita, like stuff like that. But I love them so much. They're perfect. Majima Goro is one of the greatest video game characters of all time. All they know about Majima is that Mark Hamill voiced him in like the or, the original English version. Uh, different times, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea until I was texting Tam while I was playing, and he said that, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I I think the only reason I know that is because of a video we did, and we we mentioned it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is this is Mark Hamill just yelling." As it, it seemed like a good fit too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his character, like, he's perfect. His his Joker-esque voice is perfect for mm-hmm. uh, Majima. And didn't yeah. Mark Hamill, like, not even remember? He had no clue what he was doing. He had no memory of being in it. I remember there was a there was an interview a little while later, and they were like, what? He was like, what are you talking about? I have no idea what you're on about. Um, uh, in, that, in, the, in the original PS2 version, um, uh, uh, Nishiyama um, was played by Michael Rosenbaum. From- what? From yeah, Smallville? Smallville. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yumi was played by Eliza Dushku. Um, uh, Shimano, uh, which is, uh, I believe, uh, Shimano is uh, Majima's uh, patriarch, was played by Michael Madsen. Uh, Ray- oh, was played by uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Um, what the hell? Kage was voiced by Dwight Schultz. Um, who else is there? There's like a Robin, I think uh, Robin Atkin Downs was uh, Jingu. What? Um, and there's a few others, like, like very, very big cast of yeah. like, when they first brought it to the West, they went hard with it. Like Cam Clark is in there. Um, there's like a whole wow. bunch of well-known names. John DiMaggio's in there, I think. Um, Nolan North is in it as well, I believe. Hey. Uh, so, and, uh, like, as in like background mm-hmm. character yeah. uh, and, and, and Quentin Flynn's in there as well. So it's like Kingdom Hearts and they first brought that over. Pretty much, like- yeah. David Boreanaz, James Woods, um, Jason Donovan, Lance Bass. <laughs> I think I think after that, if I remember correctly, from this series onwards, they were just like, let's not do that again because no one's buying this game. Uh, I'm glad they gave it their best shot at least. Like they, yeah. it, it shows that even then they they knew what they had. They just didn't know how to get it out there. I kind of feel like the response to it because it was very like Yakuza is having a like a renaissance right now. Mm. Oh yeah, but, like back then no one cared and i feel like they they kind of were burned by how much effort they put into it and i think that we've now reached the point where they turned around on it and i'm like oh people do like this it's just back then it was something that people didn't care about and now people are truly seeing what makes it good mm-hmm. which is interesting so i feel like they had they got they overcommitted back then and now they're like making good on it and realizing that people people back then weren't as discerning i'm just hoping that 
Kiru gets like put now if if this game is getting more attention like Kiru gets put in like the the pantheon of like good lead video game characters because I the fact that I haven't even finished the entire series and I'm I'm so in love with him maybe in a little bit of a like serious way but he's just so interesting <laughs> and he's so layered and just ebbs and flows just like the series does it's perfect so I played the series originally when it came out on PS2 um were Yakuza 1 and 2 and then I I I think I played every single one of them since and but never finished 3 4 or 5 um and so 0 I played when it came out and obviously loved it but recently it's always been one of those games where I go back to it to play the UFO crane game specifically because <laughs> I love that game it's like weirdly compelling to me um, so like I dip in and out of it every now and then and the RC car games that I think that's yeah RC car UFO and karaoke were the main things that I loved but UFO mainly so recently I was playing it and I was like I'm just gonna like I got caught in a a single player mission where I was like I'm just gonna play the single player mission just to like take the uh, you know mix it up a bit and then I got immediately sucked into the drama again and I was like well I guess I'm playing the rest of it luckily it was a save file like right to before the last mission so like I wrapped it up and I was like you know what I'm gonna play Kiwami because I haven't played Kiwami because I played the original version so I played the version with English voices um, so I was like you know what this is a good opportunity to kind of go back and replay the game and see what's different and holy moly playing them back to back it's quite jarring like yes <laughs> because they're yeah quite jarring in a characterization way where it feeds in really well but at the same time the the kind of shift in personalities that happens for specific characters is very extreme <laughs> like you're like man yesterday you were totally chill badass now you are batshit insane what are you doing um <laughs> But there's like, I played the opening of Kiwami the other day and there's some amazing moments where it hooks back in where like one of the first things that Majima says is like, the customer is king. And you're like, oh yeah, that was yeah. your thing back in the thing. Yeah. And he talks about, and he mentions the cabaret club and that kind of stuff. I was like, oh yeah, this is, they actually thought about it really well. And, and like it all hooks in really naturally. So now I'm playing uh, Kiwami, which is fantastic. Man, I have Michael's. I have put the uh, put the uh, difficulty down to easy because I was like, I don't need the challenge of playing it again. Like I've completed this yeah. game before, so like I'm like one hit punching the shit out of everyone who comes <laughs> up to me. I'm just like, this actually feels good because like he comes, Kiryu's come comes, but you know he's like I'm the dragon of Dojima or whatever, and like you get into a fight and just mop the floor of everyone. They're like, holy shit, he's back. Michael's not even here, and we've spent the first 20 oh, no. minutes talking about Yakuza. I, know, I feel so <laughs> Turn bad. into the Yakuza cast. Uh, but, Tamor, do you want to finish up uh, quickly with what the you other thing, Yeah, the other stuff is um, my other, the other eternal game I'm playing is any number of the Batman games. So I dipped mm -hmm. into Arkham City again just to, I like to jump into Arkham City and just like fly around for a bit. Um, ordinarily, I would do it with Knight because I feel like the Knight's boost uh, mechanic is way more fun um, mm -hmm. just because you get the triple boost and it really launches you into the air. But I deleted that because it was like 9 million gigabytes on my, yeah. um, and like obviously with, with Call of Duty being 10 million gigabytes, I have to create <laughs> space. Too many millions of gigabytes. Yeah. So I played that for a bit just because, you know, and, and, Batman Arkham City is still the best one. Uh, it is. Thank you. It is the best it is. one. It is. Yeah. 100%. And then I played another game called Try and Install Final Fantasy, the MMO, A Realm 14. Reborn 14. Uh, yeah, I forgot the actual 
number, but which is a, if anyone from Square Enix is listening, get your shit together because <laughs> fucking hell. No, I agree. So I tried to play the Avengers beta, the open beta, and I had the exact same issue because there's two different kinds of Square Enix accounts. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, there is, huh? I have, I have four Final Fantasy fourteen accounts. Oh, no. One of them is in Europe, which I cannot get access to. I put maybe 70, 60 hours into the game, into that character, getting through the absolute slog fest that is a Realm Reborn so I could get to the stuff that keeps making Michael Heim cry like a baby. But I cannot get there. So now I, I, they locked me out of that account. I cannot use my beloved Takis Fuegos, the character, just stranded there. Aww. And then I've tried Great to name. sign up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my new character is called SEO Speedwagon. So I'm happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so the other characters, the other, the other accounts are like attempts to sign up for the game, which have failed. Like, cause they do this thing where they're like, "Oh, um, you signed up. Uh, here's here's your password. Check your account, and then it will not appear, and then you can't get any anything beyond that." And then I was trying to sign up for most recently. I found it. Luckily, I, I found an unused email account that um, hadn't been used to sign up for it, so I used that. Um, and then I was trying to, and it was a absolute shit fest trying to get that uh, linked and then i went to the create your screen name thing and i was like okay i'll type the usual thing in that one it was like it's taken it's taken it's taken on the fourth try it was like you've tried to you have tried to use the function where we suggest a username to you too many times and you've been locked out oh and i was like God. what the f- is this i was like how is this possible and then they were like and then i try and log in it's like username password one time login i was like one time login what's that all about and I spent ages trying to find the one-time login thing. I found a co- uh, like a thing buried in the email. I typed in. It was like, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can't you, you, you can't use this. And then I went online. I was like, well, how do I find my one-time login? And all the forums are like, you don't have to worry about the one-time login. It's not used. So why is it on the login screen? <laughs> okay, Sounds like you should uninstall it. It's it's like the worst. They could not have created a worse like uh, way to try and onboard people into this game. They've spent millions making this game one of the best mmos of all time and their login system is designed specifically to infuriate and push people away and it's insane i've also got an account on my ps4 which i moved over from ps3 but i cannot access it because they won't send me a password reset code and i can't create a new character on ps4 because your characters are locked to your ps4 id what and you can only have one that's insane. Like you wow. cannot create a new account because my my uh, game attack on PS4 can only have one character, one Final Fantasy account attached to it. And if you try and create another one, it's like, no, you've already got one. What is... One day, I'll, I'm going to play the game and I'm going to sit through that, those 70 hours again. This time, hopefully, we're friends because fuck. Um, but they need, to, they need to sort that shit out if they, think, if they want people to actually care about that game. I, I will say... Last time I played it, whenever I start the launcher, immediately it looks like I've time traveled about, you know, five years or whenever the game comes out. Because it, it, just the launcher itself just looks like, oh. It's, it looks it's like a scam. It looks like it a does. scam. It looks like a I scam. I feel like I'm, it looks like I'm about to get a phishing request. It's insane. Anyway, I'll go over what I've been playing and then we'll end on you, Jay, because I think you've been playing the, uh, the, the big game of the week, I'd say. Uh, but I... Last week, I played through all of Mortal Shell. Uh, I cut the video review for that 
Uh, I thought it, thought it was really good. It's very Dark Souls. It definitely wants to be Dark Souls. It doesn't hit the highs of Dark Souls. But if you go into it expecting that, I think you'll really enjoy it. It does, it does have some really neat ideas. Like, for example, the Harden mechanic is pretty cool, if not a little cheap, I think. Uh, but, it, like, you can basically set up attacks. Like, you can jump in the air and get ready for an attack and then Harden, and you'll freeze in the air, and you wait for an enemy to, you know, do his whole combo, and then you let go of Harden, and you attack, and you can kind of build combos off that, which it, it, it is a lot of fun, and, it, and it's addicting, but it's easy to... It's so easy to to abuse it. Like you can just get one attack in and then just wait for it to recharge and then get one attack in and wait for it to recharge. And like on top of that, the boss design like isn't nearly as interesting as something you'd see in Dark Souls, except for maybe the final boss. I'd say the final boss is pretty cool, Um, but I won't spoil what that is exactly. But yeah, I mean, overall, like I think the best thing about this game is that it's like 12 hours. I think I finished it in 11 and it was just like, a pretty polished, fun Dark Souls-like experience that did not overstay its welcome, which I was so thankful for. Mm. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tamor, do you have any interest in Mortal Shell? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Um, I'm gonna play it on PC probably, um, just because I got a new PC for gaming, so I better use it for something. And <laughs> that's that's the last. It's not Zoom calls. Yeah, it's not Zoom calls. <laughs> um, so that was the latest thing to kind of uh, like pop up that I'm mildly interested in mm-hmm. um yeah i want to check it out you'll definitely find issues with it being such like a from software fan there's a lot you can nitpick that it like just like the gameplay itself doesn't feel as tight but i i i think that's okay i i, I think you can overlook that stuff but you'll still notice it for sure mm-hmm. um do you plan on checking out at all jake uh, i have a question because you said it was cheesable like you could cheese it a little bit is it still bit, yeah. challenging it, it It is. There are moments where it's challenging. I don't think any of the bosses, except for maybe the last, gave me as much trouble as something in like a Bloodborne or Dark Souls or Sekiro. God, nowhere near the difficulty of Sekiro. It, it's difficult. You'll die. You'll die from time to time. Um, but once you kind of get to the end and you've maxed out your shell that you're using and you've maxed out your weapons that you want to use, it, it is kind of a cakewalk. Like you can just one, two, three hit pretty much every single enemy that that comes up to you that's refreshing sometimes i think i might want that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say how's how's the lore in it is it there's a interesting will vati video be making videos about this that i can listen to to lull me to sleep uh if he does i don't think he'd make many uh oh. it, it's clearly going for that dark souls thing where it's like yeah there's a story here but we're not going to give it to you you're going to kind of have to dig for it but personally i just wasn't as interested in what was there as I would have been in a from software game. Maybe that's because from software, like I know that they do those stories incredibly well and I'm going to invest in those stories. Well, this just kind of seems like a, maybe an unknown quantity to an extent where it's like, yeah, maybe this is interesting, but that's a lot of work for this, you know, 10 hour game just to figure out why X, Y, and Z happened or whatever. That being said, if Vati Video did a video, I'd probably watch it because just knock it out super quick. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's going to get people as obsessed as as people who get obsessed with the Dark Souls story would be. Uh, but but that's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, I've been playing a bit of Spirit Fair, which I just started and I think is really good. But I think I'll save that for another week because I want to play more of it before I say anything too definitive about it. But we did review it and gave it a nine. 
Well, speaking of that, what have you been up to? Yeah, for uh, I've been diving deep into Flight Simulator, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Ooh. Uh, which I don't know uh, what an airplane is like, <laughs> like in terms of like, I really I don't know planes. Um, I've never really been into aviation. You've got you've got, you've got a, a the the joystick and, and yes. pedal. I think I saw you. Yeah, post I did that. get a setup to check this out, and um, I am really into it. Uh, surprisingly, I, I I've always had kind of like a thing for the the history of the franchise and just like what it has been as a platform and and the community behind it, and just like in terms of like PC gaming history. Like I've always thought it was really cool, but I was always like, nah, not for me. But since I needed to jump into this one and, and because of work, but also just because I was excited about the technology behind it, it's it's pretty awesome to experience, uh, one, especially like once you're up in the air and flying around. It is like such a chill out game. Like it's like a really cool hangout game. I, I've really enjoyed it for uh, the, the Google Earth effect. Remember, remember when Google Earth first came out yeah. and it was like I, I'm repeating myself from our before you buy video a little bit. I apologize. But uh, when Google Earth first came out, it was like, wow, uh, oh, my God, I can see my house. Oh, cool. Let's look up your house. Now let's go to Paris. Now let's go to, you know, let's look at all these places. So the fact that I can do that in this game is is, has been really, really satisfying. It's really cool for that. The actual hardcore stuff, I'm a little less, you know, I'm not I'm not very good with. But the game does a pretty good job of onboarding you and teaching you like there's a whole like believe it's a Cessna I think that's the type of aircraft Mm. Uh, group of missions that kind of onboards you um, from takeoff to midair to everything and and they start you off like on the ground the next one you load in it'll start you midair to show you what to do in certain situations Um, that stuff is really good Uh, and the the difficulty and the adjustment and the accessibility is probably the best part It, it reminds me a lot of something like the Forza games Mm-hmm. where it, it's really good at letting you tweak what aspects of the gameplay you want to have fun with, what aspects of the gameplay you really want to try and feel realistic and try and figure out and, and like beat your head against the wall. Um, it, it's very much the same thing here. Uh, there are so many parameters to adjust. And I found a good line in the middle between like, you know, feeling cool, like turning on the engine and retracting the landing gear, but not really worrying about anything else like rules or anything important like that mm-hmm. uh and then being able to just fly around and do my thing you know it's it, it's been pretty cool also just visually visually really impressive so the whole procedural thing uh in terms of it's not perfect it's definitely not perfect uh i saw some good screenshots today like it struggles with certain hedges and palm trees where it just kind of <laughs> makes them blocks um, I, I was going to say, I saw one today of Buckingham Palace just looking like a block of flats. They did it dirty. Yeah, they just were like, nope. 90s office building. Abolish yeah. the monarchy. Screen yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. It's a game in the future. <laughs> Microsoft Flight Sim has always been a series like I, over time, have always wanted to get into. But I remember when I first got into PC gaming, it would always be recommended to me by like the worst possible people or like the people with the worst tastes. Like it would be always be my friend who would be like, yeah, you should check this game out. Um, but whenever I'd see him playing games, he'd be playing like Minesweeper or that Windows XP like 3D pinball game. It's a and dad I'm like, game. Yeah, I'm like, this is a level of weird gaming that I'm not sure I'm ready for. Like this like very straight laced like simulation of life. When you're a kid, you're like, 
I want to play a video game about being a plumber and jumping on mushroom heads or like <laughs> shooting guns. And it's not until you get older where you're like, you know what? Video games where you're just doing mundane stuff normally is very good too. So I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm at the age now where I'm like, I could do a flight sim. I'm up for that. Yeah. It's, it's chill for that. I think it's still very much that thing. It can be a dad game uh, in terms of content offerings. You know, there's only, there's only so much you can really even do with the game. Like there, there is a uh, leaderboard challenge type of thing. Uh, there are certain mini missions that are just like, hey, load into this scenario, do this thing. It's still something where it's like you got to you got to really make your own fun. But I think the biggest thing is since it's uh, game Xbox Game Pass PC, I feel like if you are a PC player and you have that, I think there is so much value. Like if you just are in, in, enthusiastic about games and like the technology and stuff, like the entire engine they built for this game, uh, the physics engine for it, the aerodynamics engine, um, the fact that it works with uh, Bing for data, which is really funny to say out loud, but but Microsoft Bing map data, but also it uses the Azure cloud technology to stream in the worlds, uh, which is super problematic if you have a data cap. Uh, the mm-hmm. game actually gives you a warning right at the top, which is good. Uh, but just experiencing that stuff and firing that up, I, I do think it's 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 worth it. it. Definitely, it's it's coming to Series X as well, isn't it? Yeah. So that could be a good way to kind of get in on it. It's funny you mentioned that it was a a, a dad game because as I was playing it, the first thing that came on is like, man, next time I see my dad, I'm gonna show the show him this game because he will think it's the coolest shit in the world. Yeah, check you know, this out. You know, my favorite Microsoft Flight Sim tidbit is it's developed by the team that made A Plague Tale Innocence. <laughs> it what? is, huh? Yeah, yeah. so wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and assisted on the crew too. Yeah, it's definitely uh, when you're... So you can't see your... I mean, you could probably technically see your exact house, but it's not a image of that house. It is, it is the algorithm populating it with a Monopoly house, basically. Mm. Um, but but the fact that you can get the general landmarks and and land masses and and, and certain things like that uh, is pretty exciting. I immediately was like, yeah, let's fly in a JFK and find my house. And then I did. <laughs> and then I crashed into the water because it was like, whatever, it's a chill game. Nothing matters. I'm in an airplane. It's not real. But uh, it's it's good. It's good for that. And I can't wait to see uh, if like a mod scene takes off with it. Uh, there's yes. already some like memers really, really taking it pretty pretty big I, I did not expect that like all the epstein stuff i thought that was pretty funny but, oh, um, yeah. God, I, that. <laughs> I did not expect that from a game like this but it's kind of it's great i uh, i installed it the other day and it took it was like it took forever first of all but it kept doing this boy. weird thing where it kept opening up tabs in chrome for like microsoft language packs like if i left it alone for like an hour I'd have literally 300, 500 tabs open what? Of, of this Microsoft. And I asked Ed because Ed's reviewing it and he already downloaded it. I was like, this happened to you? And he's like, no, I have no idea. It was the weirdest thing in the world. It was driving me absolutely insane. Like, okay, I'd be like playing a game or something. And then all of a sudden everything would freeze up. And then I'd go to Chrome and be like, oh yeah, because Chrome for some reason has 600 tabs open all leading to Microsoft. It was so weird. And you're going to open the game and you're going to realize that it's been scraping your entire computer for every bit of information about you. So then when you open it up, it's going to be like, hello, Jake. And it's going to like have your actual house there and everywhere you've been in your entire life. 
Duh. Turns out, and it's going to make you a plane. <laughs> I was like, this is some virus shit. Like, I got what the hell is going on? Don't you love PC gaming? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> anyway, we should probably move on to the topics of the week. All right. First big thing we have this week is the DC fandom news. The two big things out of this, well, we don't know yet precisely because we're recording on Wednesday, but the two big things that are supposed to come out of this are the Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady. Right? Am I correct? Okay, I got that right. Yep. And the Batman game from WB Montreal. Mm -hmm. I got them both right. Wait right. years, you wait years for a new Batman DC game, uh, and then two come along once. It's been a long time. Uh, also, it's pronounced Fan Dome. Please, oh, it is? Dome. Fan Dome. It's a Fan Dome. It's a dome of fans, if you will. Yeah. So we've got three big Batman fans here. So I'm going to let you guys take it away for the this Batman news. I guess we should start with like the WB Montreal thing. Yes, um, they've been teasing their game for. Oh, nine, it's, it's six almost years. Years. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it was what was it like Batman Batman Day or whatever the celebration yeah. was last year, and they tweeted out something, and then Scott Snyder quote tweeted it with like, "Beware the Court of Owls," mm. and swiftly deleted that. Whoops. So, just Jim Lee just kicked in his door with a giant baseball bat and was like, <laughs> "You want to delete that or not?" You want to continue writing American Vampire or not? Like, Is American yeah. Vampire still going? I think so. It's got spin-offs now. What? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of vampires in America that need covering. It's a big country. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but now they, I mean, they haven't, the rumors leading up to the teasers were like, it's called Gotham Knights. Um, so that seems to be like the the running theory that it's, you know, not just a Batman game. There's more to it than yeah. um, that. But across this week, we've had like we, everyone thought on Tuesday it's going to be a big reveal, which obviously wasn't going to be the case. They did the thing where they were like, "No, we got some logos for you, baby." Um, a reveal for a reveal. Yeah, but like we're, I mean, compare that to the way that Rocksteady just tweeted out Suicide Squad. Yeah, <laughs> which is I think really, this is, this I, is maybe maybe they thought they would be it would be too annoying. For both teams to do cryptic tweets. Yeah. I feel like someone rolled up and was like, listen, you're entering the fan dome. So please start <laughs> teasing. And they were like, well, we weren't prepared to be in the fan dome. But so we've just, we'll just put this JPEG out. Let's crop it real small so you can't tell which version of Superman this is. And is, we'll just tweet that out. Is this like, it's like, it sounds like a Mad Max spin off, like the Mad Max fan dome? Yeah. Return to fan dome. Fan dome. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for uh, for this new new game. Like, I think Origins is underrated. Um, yes. They did a lot of cool things in that game. Um, mm-hmm. I still think it's the best uh, realization of the detective part of the Batman experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. the others don't really do it. I feel like Arkham Knights quietly cribbed from it, and just like with Rocksteady being like, "Yeah, we don't really talk about that Origins game, but we'll steal from it liberally." Um, but I'm excited to see what what that team has been doing for all this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah. the origin showed a great amount of potential. So if they've had all this time to work on it and come up with whatever they want to, and you know, just just run wild, I'm excited for the implications. 
even even just the title Gotham Knights uh, I'm, I'm hoping that especially with what they've been teasing with like the Court of Owls and stuff maybe they'll really have time to like spend time on that stuff mm-hmm. and really kind of flesh it out because honestly Court of Owls now is at the point where like I think it would be cool to see a new interpretation of it or they take that concept and, and run with it you know like how mm-hmm. how comics work or how other Batman and comic book video games have taken they take the core concept and then they flesh it out into their own thing so I think there's definitely potential there, especially just for something different. Mm. Yeah, the Court of Owls stuff like has it started off um, being really impressive and really like it, it was one of those like it was the first super memorable story that came out of the New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and in the time since, it's become wild and stupid in yes. a way that's like it's become the Parliament of Owls, and now they're working with Barbatos, an evil demon from another existence, who's just, and you're like, why did you do this? Yeah, just behave yourselves. Stop. Just let it go. And I, I'm excited to see someone take the original. I, I hope they're taking the original idea of like, because mm. I'm going to say something potentially blasphemous here. Like, oh. I re I reread the Court of Owls to oh, oh don't do it to to do to do like um a video on it, and it's still great. But I don't think it makes the most of the concept of the Court of Owls. It doesn't nail. The, yeah, no, no. Mm. In, in the actual, in the actual, like the arc of the court of owls it very swiftly and kind of unceremoniously moves on from the court of owls to lincoln march and his yeah. role in in bruce's like existence and i was like i kind of want more and then they kind of build upon that in the grayson comic which it had like one decent arc and then falls flat for the rest of it and then yeah. it esca- escalate into the parliament so i'm excited for someone to maybe go back or a team to go back and be like hopefully you know what would this have been like if we had if they had stuck with it and explored it in a more meaningful way and didn't turn it into a use it as like you know currency to get another one of their annoying events going that require everyone to buy a hundred comics to try and stay up to date they'll launch the uh, the senate of owls yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> senate of owls <laughs> It's such a it's such an evocative like imagery and and like even oh. theming like court court oh, yeah. parliament and like there's reasons why people go to conventions and there's that one picture I always remember of them on on a panel and like uh, someone like pans the camera to the crowd and it's every member of the crowd has the mask on and you're like that's that's amazing like it's so evocative it fits so in hope- everywhere like perfectly with Batman everything like it just yeah perfect but we'll see what they do with it but obviously like the, I think um. I'm curious to what you guys think, but like, I don't think it's entirely a Court of Owls thing. I think it's like League yeah. of Shadows. I think it's you know everyone. It's going to be like all the all the bad groups are involved, all the baddies Actions or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. And then Rocksteady's thing is, I hope they give it a title that isn't Suicide Squad kills the Justice League or whatever. That's a bit kill long. the Justice League. Did- did anyone see that coming? Like a Suicide Squad game from Rocksteady? Because I know people have been wondering what Rocksteady's been up to for a while. But were there leaks about it? Or uh, I there heard was a, there was a whispers. domain leak. Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. like a month or so back. Okay, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is that's been publicly rumored for a while. Um, yeah. After the domain leak, in the background, there's like way more stuff going on. Um, I'd love to know how they reached Suicide Squad. Um, specifically, whether it was a case of Rocksteady being like, 
we want to do the Suicide Squad, if it was like, yo, this this movie did surprisingly well, even though it's not very good, you should Oscar do winning. Oscar winning. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I was I was gonna say, I feel like if someone's gonna do justice to the Suicide Squad, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like Rocksteady is definitely capable of doing that. Like, I mean, seeing what they did with the the Batman games, I I feel like there's a lot of potential there. However, I'm someone who knows nothing about the Suicide Squad. Apart from there was a movie that was bad that I didn't see. There's so much potential there. Yeah. Oh, so much. My question for you guys, though, is do you think this is going to be a games as either of these? Are they going to be a games as a service title? Yes. Mm. I feel like they probably dipped their toes in with Shadow of War loot boxes. They tried to make that like an online service thing. You'd invade other people. I feel like it's probably going to have some kind of element of that. I think at yeah. least one of them will have to be. I don't know if it would be the Suicide Squad one because I feel mm. like not really knowing anything about it, but I feel like the fact that it's like they're they're doing this crazy idea, they're taking Suicide Squad, they're taking the Justice League, and they're hopefully going to do, like Jake said, justice to the Suicide Squad and like really blowing out as a new thing. I feel like it's like trickier to to build a model of games as a service. I mean, I mean, even Avengers, like it, you could tell that they definitely had to really try and figure that out. I, I can't mm. imagine f- such a convoluted concept like that, them, them doing something like that. At least I don't really want to pl- play that, but I, if I had to bet on which one out of the two, I would put it on the suicide squad game. Really? The, really? Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I, I, say, I don't want that. Um, I feel like the, they would do a strong single player campaign, but, it also kind of makes sense with the setup of having the Suicide Squad and then having the Justice League at play as well and the kind of impact that could have on a world um, to be like prolonged and persistent and, uh, you know, going on for an extended period of time. Like you complete your story, but oh shit, the fight against Superman wrecked this city and caused X, Y, and Z to happen. And now you have to clear up X, Y, and Z with your pals, the other members of the Suicide Squad, or, you know, Vice Green Lantern is paid six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Green Lantern. But like, that's it. I feel like that, that the the kind of like it creates the framework for an ongoing game more than Gotham Knights would. I feel like a year from now, if it is indeed that way, you could have a Green Lantern world event where you know, oh shit, a, a lantern battery has fallen from space and landed on somewhere. You need to go and figure out what it is, and you're the Suicide Squad, so you've got a punch Hal Jordan in the face or some shit like that. You know, you know what is exciting about that though. Uh, like I just I can't help but get excited at like a, a new universe being built from this. I I love the nether like what nether nether realm has come up with with injustice. So like if it's just another like wild video game DC universe that just does more new things. Yeah, yeah, that's would, that's, okay. that's why I was kind of like not very excited about the discussion happening with it. Oh, it's Bizarro. It's not Superman. It's Bizarro. I was like, oh, please don't do that. (laughs) That's just like the most obvious way to do that. It's, you know, it's it's like the same as like the Clayface reveal in the Arkham games where it's like, yeah, great. That worked in context. But like, if that had been the main narrative hook, you'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I'd love the idea. Like someone, one of our friends, Stu, floated the idea that it's it's the the, the person that they show there is not Superman. It's Ultraman from the Crime Syndicate. Um, and I was like, oh, 
maybe that could be really interesting. I'd love the idea of of that and you know, evil owl man pretending. Owl man, owl man, no, no. I I will say I feel like what they did with Shadow of War to make it a games as service kind of bit them in the ass a little. Oh, bit. it hundred percent did, and I no. feel like they've learned from that. Exactly, and I feel like Rocksteady's kind of like their golden child in a sense like they know rocksteady's gonna put out a very good single player game so i'm hoping that that'll at least kind of deter them from turning suicide squad into a games of service like personally i see arc or what is it the the new batman game gotham knights being more of a service game just that title like gotham knights like i don't know that seems like a multiplayer sort of beat-em-up avenger style game just the title alone but I mean, I guess you could say the same for Suicide Squad, right? Because it's a squad of people. Yeah. What is you it? Got... Some kind of Suicide Squad? God, oh, someone had to do it. I did the tweet, oh, man. I have no shame. Some kind of video game? Also, I did like, that tweet. You also consider like if the rumors are true and like the the gaming division of Warner Brothers isn't like as as shored up as it might have been when Rocksteady was at there, you know in their prime releasing Batman games where they would be given carte blanche. Like this could be AT&T rolling up and being like, look, you just need to make money or we're going to sell you. So who knows what kind of like stuff could be happening. They've been in the news, you know, the acquisition rumors, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like uh, the games division has come out and said, you're not being sold. You're still part of the family. But the wording was very vague where it could be like for now, but. But also you have to think of like, AT&T and Warner Brothers as a whole 2020, you know, few theatrical releases. No one knows what the hell is going on with Tenet. No one knows what the hell is going on with Wonder Woman. Uh, Anything else that they're making, production is pretty much stalled. I wouldn't put it past them. Of all their businesses or of all the content types that they make, um, games are the most primed to create steady revenue streams Mm. and, and, and double, triple, quadruple lifetime dip on anyone who gets involved so i wouldn't put it past them to make one of these games games as a service or even both of them next thing i just want to talk about briefly is that call of duty black ops cold war was officially announced we got a a nice little trailer uh not a whole lot i think the big takeaway is that a full reveal will be on august 26th so what is that a week from today cod blops cow cod blops cow there we go I'm using that. That's good. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I mean, I, cool. I, I don't know if there's a whole lot to talk about at this point. The big thing, I hope, I, I, I hope there's a single player. Maybe we know that there is by now. Maybe they've talked about it already. But like, I hope because so, like, I did not touch Black Ops Four because it's like I'm. There's no single player. I don't really care. That's the thing, though. Blops for me had like the most fun and most memorable COD campaign, even over Mo- Modern Warfare Two. I would say just because. Blops, especially one was so oh, wacky i've been wanting and to replay one me too like gary oldman uh generic white man who sam made, worthington sam worthington yeah like <laughs> why, why? <laughs> what happened to him he was in one of the highest grossing movies of all time he's waiting for the sequel and then that terminator film um that he was in and clash of the titans and he he it, like he Nothing since. Anyway. Um, but no, like, that that campaign was so good. Like, that multiplayer, I absolutely rinsed. So, I'm down. 
I think uh, Black Ops has, when abbreviated, has the worst mouthfeel to say of all the Call of Duty games. Blops. Yeah. I absolutely hate that, first of Card all. Blops, blops. Cow. Card Blops Cow. Worst mouthfeel. I feel like you're definitely getting a single player out of this. I don't know, 100%. but like that that teaser, if it turns out there's no single player, that is going to be like salacious. <laughs> what are you doing then? Why are you teasing this? For? I hate to say that that's like all I, all I want from this because I was in the position where I'm like, it seems like people are very happy with Warzone. It's supported well. Let's let's keep that party going. You know, maybe you guys relax for a second, but the money ha- the money train has to keep rolling. So uh I I I just hope this is like a good single player campaign cuz the first one was crazy. The first one did such yeah. a good job. The original Black Ops did such a good job of like taking all of these interesting kind of higher concepts but also presenting it in a, in a way for people who are more used to just regular old straight up Call of Duty campaigns uh, with soldiers and guns. And, and, I, and just even just seeing this little glimpse of the teaser trailer, like they are playing with ideas. They've done that before and it mm. kind of has maybe blown up in their face a little bit. But the, the big thing is that like, so we work with a guy called Adam Mason, who for years now, we have <laughs> said the numbers Mason too. And the other day, he just came out with the absolute revelation that he's never played Black Ops. <laughs> and he's never understood. Yeah, he, we showed that on day one of him joining. And we were all like, and he's always just like laughed and nodded along. He's really and polite. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Black Ops franchise has some of the most wild shit in it from like, remember? Escaping from like, that gulag. They make you kill Kennedy at one point, remember? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit, I remember um, that. It took the Law and Order guy and made him like a robot man or something. I don't really remember the third one, but no, something. No one remembers the third one. The third one's the only campaign I didn't play uh, of, of the Black Ops games. I th- remember when um, Manuel Noriega sued Activision because of the Black oh, Ops yeah. game. Now that is a powerful move. Yeah, what a <laughs> imagine, wild time! Imagine making a game that makes Noriega take on legal action against you. <laughs> Before we move on, there's been a trend of having celebrities both in Call of Duty and in games as a whole. Who's your pick for celebrity in Black Ops? Ooh, mm. um, Keanu Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. <laughs> that is a that is a great shout. <laughs> would be like just like a radio host just screaming at you the entire time you know in terms of getting someone really big what it's time we put hugh jackman in a video game <gasps> oh yeah I'd be like, jackman. get him hugh. in but like get musical him. musical hugh the <laughs> real hugh well there was a black ops where they didn't they make a band and play an Avenge sevenfold no 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 it was Avenge oh, sevenfold <laughs> oh yeah yeah they were it credits of black ops 2 yeah yeah, yeah. post credit scene of black ops 2 yeah. everyone was expecting something and it was just avenge sevenfold uh, <laughs> you know get metallica uh, my choice is michael b jordan Ooh, I think, I think okay he'd be like, yes he'd be like yeah. a good protagonist or or even just like uh yeah. you know a buddy character you follow around god yeah. i'm desperately trying to think of some kind of hey auntie but like some cold war esque thing that he could say come back to me come back to me uh who would i put in there taika waititi put taika waititi in the the intel guy the intelligence guy (laughs) hey man you should go over there and uh, blow up those barrels man (laughs) 
Put Mila Jovovich in, man. All right, let's move on to listener questions. If you've got any questions for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord. Uh, but anyway, I guess I'll take the first question because it's short and I can't read. If you're going to learn how to speedrun a game, which would you choose and why? Dishonored one. Dishonored would be cool. I've watched a lot of Dishonored speedruns. I know I'm not good enough to speedrun Bloodborne, although I love watching speedruns of Bloodborne. Also, it is GDQ this week. Dishonored, 100%. I would love to learn that. Mm. I, just I was going to say Bloodborne, just because I'm not... Fit. I Like, I, I've played through that game so many times. I feel like if I was going to sit down and learn to speedrun a game, that would probably be the one. Mm. Or Sekiro, maybe. Probably a From Software game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Sekiro is probably a good one, just because it, it both... It, it doesn't involve doing a lot of like super tricky things. You're just very, very, very good at the game and you can show it off how quickly. Like there's some like There's some incredible some, skips in that game. Yeah, skips in that game as well. But like fundamentally you're like, oh, this boss that took you three hours, it'll take me about thirty seconds. Enjoy it. Well, to that and like it's so easy to get around enemies in that game. Like you can literally just boss rush that game if you wanted to, which which in the boss fights are the coolest part. So like to me that seems pretty interesting. Well, you know, Bloodborne is I like that I've not sped run it, but I've gone through that game as quickly as I could before. And like, there's still some enemies that will just f you up if you're not paying attention. Those kidnappers, those snatchers, don't don't yeah. mess with. They will they will show you who's boss. <laughs> I think for me, I like I'd be likely to approach speed running something like Metal Gear Solid, the original one. Uh, but in terms of something I wish I could just set out and learn to do, it would probably be like, I, I like, uh, Mario 64 speed running cause it's crazy, but I would like to just be the weird guy and do it for sunshine instead. Um, <laughs> but I just love those types of speed runs because I like the ones that are like, you abuse the game. Like you absolutely just like stretch the game out as much mm. as you can and like Mario's just making all these weird sounds like hoo-ha, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. like <laughs> i just I, I love like the wacky nature of, of speed running so like i, I love stuff like that Except mm. in, in those runs you can tell mario knows that it wasn't meant to be this way because of the noises <laughs> he's making i just like it's like <laughs> i i have a friend who's been speed running and doing zelda ocarina of time randomizers and i was watching him stream it and it is nuts, like the way, like you're saying, Jake, like the way people stretch and break that game in order to make things work how they want it. Like he was showing me this trick where you make your sword always swinging, like it's got like a glow to it, and it is literally always swinging, but you're always not swinging. swinging it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Always be swinging. So like you just walk up to enemies and they'll die instantly, and like it, it's it's insane, like how people find this stuff out. And he's like, oh yeah, I just do this jump and then a backflip and then I pull out my bomb at this time and then I slide backwards across the entire map. And it is like, it is like 1.5 times faster than walking. But hey, that's you know that's a lot of time I can save. I'm just like holy shit. I I love thought. that stuff more. I like skill is impressive and, and amazing and incredible. The people who do stuff like that. But I'm almost more blown away or fascinated just by like people who figure out every single pixel of a game. They take mm. the time to really... That's uh, so awesome. Mm. I was it's watching so cool. S- uh, GDQ the other day and someone was doing Twilight Princess and they found out that it was three seconds quicker 
to load a game from the amiibo than it was to do something in particular so that's like how do you figure that out how do you time that like what are all different permutations that you're going through to just discover what can shave off sometimes you'll watch speed runs and they're like yeah this will shave off 0.5 of a second it's like yeah. <sighs> so the, the uh, arkham city speed runs are all in spanish yeah because- through the you can get through the text dialogue quicker <laughs> it's like wild and there's one bit in the arkham thing uh city one way they like they basically like travel across the map using the animation to throw a freeze bomb because every time you throw the bomb it lifts you up slightly so like the the person that was speed running was like this is going to take 57 bombs and then you just watch him lob 57 bombs as he's like traveling across the city like one That's by one you're like how have you done this this is this is batman shouldn't be seen doing this stuff i think when he when he uh when they bind things to their mouse wheel that's my favorite oh, yeah. and in the arkham city speed run he bound counter so that um big confrontation with the league of shadows you have to just count everything he's just going <laughs> just, ding, just hitting every single one. It was incredible. Skill. It was so good. All right, Lucy, do you want to read out the next question for us? This oh. is I put this in specifically for you and Tamar. Hey team, me and my squad have been really back into Overwatch lately. We keep drifting away a bit, but when something new comes out, we always come right back. The game just feels so good and dumps that dopamine. You guys play Overwatch too, I've heard. Who do your main? The people need to know. I'm my team's flex. I'll play almost anything, though my guy Lucio is my true groove. Thanks all. Appreciate you. Uh, P.S. Really hoping some of the PTR shield nerfs come through. Sheesh. Joe in Seattle. Tam? I am a Zarya main. Uh, I love my beautiful Russian racist Omnic uh, uh, girl lady. Yeah, she hates the Omnics. Yeah, she's a racist uh, towards the robots. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like she needs some tweaking. I'd love to see her get some sort of like disengagement ability uh, in Overwatch 2. Tam has literally, like, I've, I've definitely said this on the podcast before, but Tam has, you cornered Jeff Kaplan at Blizzard when we went a couple years ago and you told him this. And there's a bit, there's bits of us, like, we're trying to record B-roll of the corridor and there's just a bit where Jeff Kaplan and Tam are, like, in the corner and Tam mm-hmm. is like, she needs a kind of disengagement ability. She needs mm-hmm. to be able to get away. She's the only one who doesn't. And Jeff is just, like... Just, like, <gasps> nodding along. Like, he yes. looks like he's been, like, trapped in a corner and is getting shouted well, at. He has by been like, trapped in a corner. By, like, a, an angry customer and he's, like, just trying to serve the rest of the customers. And I'm like, you need to do this. this so this is a Wendy's yeah <laughs> so this is a blizzard development studio <laughs> okay um but yeah I, I mainly play zarya but depending on attack defense and what needs to be like i'll also jump into soldier roadhog ryan hart uh, orissa i do mercy as well basically mm-hmm. everyone except symmetra because she can die in the fiery pits of hell okay well first of all she's great um shut up mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i I go between Diva, Moira, Moira. Um, I've been playing a lot of Echo lately. Actually, I think she's really fun. Um, I've also been playing a bunch of Baptiste. I think he's in a really great spot. But I go through real phases with each of the characters, each of the heroes. So when I start out, I start out with Lucio. He's my boot boy. I love him. Um, I typically always pick him um, in... You know, like Ilios maps maps with like good booping opportunities, boop opportunities. 
I like to call him. I've never called him that. I never will again. But yeah, I mean, characters that I don't play, I don't play Genji, McCree. I like I like Ash, but I don't like McCree. I don't play Hanzo. I'm sorry, Shimada Bros. I just don't like either of you. Um, Junkrat. But I think Junkrat, I, I've been getting into quite a bit, actually. Um, I think it's... I, we were playing with Cardi the other day and he said it best where he was like, Junkrat is that character where you can't be bothered to aim, but you still want to contribute. And that's exactly what he is um, as a character. Yeah, I like Moira, I like Lucio. I like Mei a lot. I know a lot of people hate her. I just love characters where you can be annoying. True to life. True to life. In game as I am in life. I haven't played Overwatch in a long time, but I, I used to like playing as... Okay, I'm going to try and remember their names. I liked the piggy long boy he was like a piggy man and he Road <laughs> i will piggy be called long piggy long boy from now on <laughs> um i liked him and um uh Starcraft i, I like this feature lady. let's keep this going yeah Starcraft Starcraft sniper lady sniper lady she was like widow noon. miguel yes her um high noon man uh, <laughs> uh McCree. yeah and um Okay, the the junk rat is the tire boy, right? He yeah. would roll. Yeah, tire okay. boy, tire boy. Um, and um, ha- Tor, Torbjorn. Torbjorn. He was cute. I liked him. Yeah, <laughs> cute. Yeah. He's cute. He's annoying little shit. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have the he'd put down the robot and then he'd like you'd have to hit it with a hammer to make it go. Yeah, he'd say he'd say come get your armor, which is something I say <laughs> in Steve all the time when I play Rook. Well, they've they've nerfed that out. You don't do that anymore. Uh, I love that Jake is like. You know, well versed in video games, but in describing Overwatch, has somehow turned into everyone's dad. Like it's very wholesome. Like, yeah, my blind uh, uh, piggy really long boy. <laughs> uh, let's let's do a video with Jake where we just show Overwatch yeah. characters and you can yeah, enjoy. There was uh, Terry Crews, Big Fist. Um, <laughs> I can keep going. I'm I'm on the same page, honestly. Like I don't remember the names of these characters except uh, Soldier Seventy Six because I feel like I played that character a lot. Because yeah, I was gonna he was gonna come up and I was gonna call him Sick Jacket Man. <laughs> I want that jacket? Anyway, that's been episode fifty five of Gamespot After Dark. Thank you all so much for joining, and thank you Lucy Tamor and Jake for joining this week. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, before we go, Lucy, anything you're working on? Anything you're working on? Anything you want to shout out? And where can people find you? Uh, so, second episode of uh, Generation Next will be up today. It's a very fun episode. Tam, Jordan, and I um, to console ourselves after the delay of Death Loop into next year. We're talking about what our dream launch lineups are for the Series X and PS5. We had a lot of fun doing that today. Um, don't let your dreams be dreams. And I'm on mm. Twitter at Lucy James Games where I tweeted out something and I made a joke with the word vag in it and then my boss's boss's boss replied to it. So so good. Please enjoy. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, what did I do? Yeah, uh, Generation Next, um, I made a video about the Court of Owls, which you should be able to watch by the time you hear this. It's on YouTube. I watched um, it. It's very good. Yeah, it is really Thank good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, finally, I can open the Batman floodgates once again. They've yeah. been closed for so long. Yeah, get it. <laughs> Just going to be gushing. I've got to stop saying gushing. You've got to stop saying gushing. <laughs> I've got to stop saying gushing. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, I'm on Twitter, H, 
I'm on Twitter Ooh. age. I'm on tomorrow. I'm on tomorrow. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at tomorrow H. I'm just gonna go and play Overwatch and play with Piggy Long Boy now. Piggy Long Stockings. <laughs> uh, Jake, what about you? Uh, I'm working currently on a before you buy for Fall Guys. I figured why not? I'm a little late, mm. but I figured it would be fun to make a video out of. Uh, and I'm just focusing on putting out stuff on on my personal channel. So I'm probably doing stuff this weekend on on the DC fandom fandom fandome fandom fandome accent over the E. Fandome by Warner Brothers. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be putting out videos over there. That's uh, I'm on Game Ranks during the day. YouTube.com/slash Jake Baldino at night, and uh, social media sometimes at Jake Baldino trying to take a break take a break from my brain a little bit you know mm. yeah gotta do that sometimes hell yeah you do uh, me too i've been avoiding twitter as much as i can uh but i have been hard at work on another cyberpunk lore video that should be up saturday and it's all about the corporate wars so if you're excited for cyberpunk 2077 you want to know more about the, that world be sure to check back to GameSpot every saturday because we got lots of cyberpunk stuff uh, and then you can find me at Twitter at Jacob Deck. And that's about it. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.